Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. In the previous program, I referred to Treasury Department, U.S. Treasury Department's sanctions against two Chinese businesses, if you will, and a Russian agency and a company director general. And those Chinese companies or businesses, so-called, they're a Dalian Sun Moon Star International Logistics Trading Company. Yes, that's one title. And the Singapore-based affiliate of that, S-I-N-S-M-S, P-T-E dot, uh, the P-T-E, I believe, stands for Petroleum Limited. They were sanctioned because of collaborating to facilitate illicit shipments to North Korea. And they fraudulently made these shipments out to be harmless exports. Like ATF alcohol, tobacco, cigarette products, but minus the firearms. Well, the Russian agency, it's a Russian port service agency, as in deep water port, and that agency is Profinet, P-T-E, which again, I believe, stands for Petroleum Limited, and the company's director general, Vasily Alexandrovich Kolchanov. And this port services agency is known to have, at the very, very, very least, to have been in cahoots with the North Korean regime to the tune of six times in terms of providing its services. But what I failed to mention in the previous program was that I alluded to but did not state it clearly that the companies, the businesses that are owned and operated in communist China are invariably directly linked to the communist regime. They are puppet front businesses, storefront businesses, if you will. Shams and frauds, they are extensions of the communist regime. So the activities by these communist Chinese capitalistic businesses is in point of fact directly orchestrated by the communist Chinese regime. So too with regard to this agency of the Russian Federation. Not a business Not some capitalist endeavor 
of one of the Russian oligarchs, all of whom are petrified of Putin and do his bidding lest they run afoul of his extreme displeasure. But no, (laughs) instead these are agencies. This is an agency that reports to Putin. So these activities are entirely directly from these two regimes, which are the great puppet masters of North Korea. Perhaps you saw about the unveiling of a new fighter jet plane by Iran. And uh, they, it has been referred to as the Kausar. No, no, uh, no allusion to a cow there. Uh, the Kausar. Well, it was immediately analyzed by various military experts. They had different opinions concerning it. But... It is viewed as being a repurposed and or upgraded prototype aircraft of the United States of America from the 1960s. Now, while that may not sound threatening with it being old technology, this is not like using World War I planes during World War II, okay, using biplanes or something. No, it is not some antiquated technology. Furthermore, Israel has relied extremely heavily over the <laughs> all of its history, going back to the 60s, on old technology that they have retrofitted and that they have redesigned and that they have improved upon and tinkered with and tweaked and what have you, and upgraded. So we should not have a reaction, a response that, oh, well, that's not a threat, that's not dangerous, we can fly rings around them and so on and so forth. Just as when I referenced in this previous program about the lasings, the laser attacks, the deliberate, premeditated laser attacks of United States military aircraft crews. And in essence being de facto dry runs rehearsals for a massive attack in the future. But so too, I'm sure you have seen word of near misses, near airline crashes, fatalities, so forth, caused by harmless little drones, right? So too with these lasers, some of them nothing more than some cat lasers that people use to amuse their kitty cats and to get them off the couch and get them running around playing. Little things like that that actually can project for a couple miles or more (laughs) and which can blind aircraft crews, at least temporarily. And it doesn't require any 
long-term blinding. It doesn't require heavy-duty lasers that literally burn the eye, burn the retina. No. All manner of these handy-dandy little lasers that are pointers and used in boardrooms and used for various different presentations as well as for playing with the kitty cat or the cougar on the hood of the car in the insurance commercial, Geico insurance commercial. But so too with these drones. There are drones and drones. There are drones that, of course, can be used to drop bombs, major bombs and so forth. But there are other little drones, hardly worth mentioning, except that they can interfere with aircraft to the tune of actually causing crashes, not just of a private plane, but of major jet aircraft. But anyway, I digress. So, I just want it to be clear that while the United States of America and its vaunted military may be the most outstanding on the block at this point in time from a technological perspective, from a training perspective. Maybe it is. But that doesn't mean that that is a static situation. I remember back with regard to the Vietnam War. United States pilots were getting shot down with great frequency. And the United States government studied it very carefully to find out what was wrong with the United States aircraft that was responsible for the U.S. fighter jets being shot down. What was it that was to blame for this? What technological flaw or flaws or family of flaws was responsible for this vulnerability that allowed not the Viet Cong, but the communist Chinese and the Soviets to bring down the United States fighter planes, fighter jets? our vaunted U.S. Air Force and Navy fighters and Marine fighters. And do you know what the result of that study was? What did they determine? What did they find? Any guesses? They found that United States fighter pilots were inadequately trained that United States fighter pilots did not know how to fight, did not know how to engage in dogfights and survive. They were being brought down by communist Chinese pilots in inferior aircraft. It was imagined that the communist aircraft were superior 
to the United States. It must be. It must be that we have somehow or other been outflanked. They have superior technology, superior hardware, so on and so forth. No. No. United States aircraft were superior, but the pilots were not in terms of their skill set. So there was a wholesale revamping of training of United States pilots. And the results were very dramatic, extremely dramatic thereafter. The reason I mention this (laughs) is, again, going back to this matter of trusting in technology. Here, Iran may only have produced these older generation fighter jet aircraft, but with some notable upgrades, perchance, because Iran is allied with the Russian Federation, among others. But Israel has not won the wars that have been forced upon it chiefly because of technological superiority. Unfortunately, regrettably, a great many Israeli leaders and Israeli citizens imagine that to be the case. It's not. It's been superior training and courage and the mercy of God on what actually is an ungodly nation. But back to us in the U.S. of A., our military might even if it had not been degraded, subverted, corrupted, perverted, deliberately undermined by presidential administration, executive administration after another, after another, after another, under the presidencies of James Earl, Jimmy, trust me, Carter, Jr., and Bill and Hill, Rodham Clinton and Barack Hussein Obama and fill in the blank for the others. Even if that had not taken place, that doesn't mean that the United States military's preparedness and might and ability to prevail is solely or chiefly dependent on technology. It is not. When God forsakes a nation, historically, when God forsakes a nation, forsakes the militaries, forsakes the armies, they fall. And... If you ever care to indulge in some light reading from the Old Testament, you will find God saying concerning the armies of the United Kingdom of Israel and then the divided kingdoms of Israel, of Judah and Israel, of God literally warring against them and sending heathen, pagan peoples against them to invade them, and of turning the Israelis 
weapons against themselves and so forth. But nations that do not worship and fear God, and Israel doesn't. Oh, yes, there are many Jews there. Yes, there are many Muslims there that are hell-bent on the destruction of Christianity and Jewry. There is nothing wholly sacred about Islam. It is evil, and its God is Satan, going by the pseudonym of Allah. But the condition, the moral condition, immoral commission, the unrighteous, ungodly conditions in a given nation, such as Judah and Israel, or such as in the United States of America and Israel, greatly jeopardize those nations. Not only has this nation been being bled to death internally for lo these many decades, but that bleeding will result ultimately in overthrow if it continues on. And just going to here reference some murders, if I may. This one destroyer in the great state of Tennessee, he was convicted of the 1985 rape and murder of a seven-year-old girl of which the parents had placed her in his care to babysit her. 1985. We're talking 33 years ago, right? 33 years ago, he raped and murdered this little girl. He's been on death row for more than three decades. Now I know there are dear people out there who will say, oh, that's cruel and unusual punishment to be on death row for more than three decades. First, it's not, but it is an absolute indictment, a damning indictment of the United States of America as a whole, more generally, and of the justice system, so-called, particularly or specifically. Well, this dear fellow, convicted of raping and strangling to death Paula Dyer in Knoxville, seven-year-old girl. For all I know, he has finally been executed. But you see, executions in Tennessee have been on hold for many years, lo, these many years, in very large part due to lawsuits from death row inmates. 
regarding the drug mix and death chamber protocols. Is that insanity or what? Not over guilt. Not over even being executed, but over the specifics of the drug mix and death chamber protocols, which should not take place because all of these destroyers, they should be hung or shot. But see, the United States of America, courtesy of corrupt, profane, vile, anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-human, anti-humane, anti-justice judges and justices of the United States Supreme Court and the federal courts, succeeded in causing hanging and shooting to be outlawed or at least to cease to be used. No, far better to do this. (laughs) Even though cruel and unusual punishment, the prohibition of it by the founding fathers was back when they approved of capital punishment by hanging and by firing squad, not by the guillotine, but by hanging and by firing squad. But instead, we, when there are individuals that are convicted of so-called capital crimes, I say so-called because the list has shrunk, of course. It's been redefined these Crimes keep being redefined. But on those instances on which these vicious destroyers are convicted and not only convicted of capital crimes and not pled down crimes that there cannot be any death penalty for, even though they should be capital crimes, but then there should be capital punishment for those, even those pled down charges. But no, on these comparatively few cases, when these individuals are convicted and sentenced to death, they typically are not executed for 20, 25 years. Meanwhile, the United States of America's taxpayers get to support them, get to pay for their care to an enormous cost to the nation to keep convicted murderers, kidnap, rapist, murderers, destroyers alive, some of whom will never be executed because judges, various judges in their wisdom will decide they're too old to execute. That would be cruel and unusual to punish that elderly fellow by execution. They're too fat 
to execute. They can't find a vein to put this toxic combination of drugs into their system without it causing them some discomfort. And the list goes on. Or there's overcrowding in the prisons. So many good reasons. And even while the people of the United States of America pay unwillingly for the care of these destroyers, these slaughterers, who have viciously, ruthlessly, sadistically destroyed children, young people, typically girls and young women and young mothers, overwhelmingly. But while we are forced to pay for the lifelong care of these VIPs, other people that are innocent of any crimes and frequently, very frequently, young women of 18 years of age or a little bit older, 18, 19, 20, 25, so forth, are put to death under court orders by judges' orders, that is, in nursing home facilities, for instance, with guards at the door, with state patrol, or sheriffs, or police, or others guarding the rooms they're being executed in so that people cannot get in to try to administer nourishment and hydration to them, as in food and water, while they are starved and dehydrated to death over a period, an agonizing period of days, because they are purportedly in a vegetative state. The only crime they have committed is that they have not sufficiently recovered from attempted murder in some cases, from terrible accidents and collisions, from diseases, and so forth. That's been going on for decades across this wonderful, God-fearing Christian nation. And there is a price to pay for it. Because God is not unrighteous, unjust. He's not. But the people of the United States of America choose rulers that are unrighteous and ungodly and perverse and who privately hate God, hate Christ, hate people that worship God and work to their destruction. 
I've mentioned Molly Cecilia Tibbetts time and time and time again. And right from the first time I mentioned her, I said that it was almost assuredly too late. There was no search launched for her until a day after she went missing. And of course, the FBI couldn't get involved because that would just be wrong. We just can't allow the FBI to get involved in these particularly, exceedingly evil crimes where the murder of the victim is a virtual certainty. No. And of course, if and or when, not the victim is found alive, because they (laughs) almost never are, but when those responsible for committing these heinous crimes are found, prosecuted, convicted, sentenced, if they are in a state that still executes destroyers, it is still going to take forever for that to take place. And there is no deterrent value from it because of that. Executing a murderer a quarter century after the crime destroys deterrent value from it. It just does. All of these wonderful things that we've done with our court system to see to it that people who are guaranteed a speedy trial are not tried speedily to put it mildly, and can appeal and appeal and appeal and appeal for decades, (laughs) and are not tried where the crimes are committed, even though constitutionally that's the way it's supposed to be, even required, but no... The judges, in their wisdom, they changed these things because, oh, they wouldn't receive a fair trial if they were judged by their peers. Emotions would run high. Instead, we have them tried outside of where these monstrous crimes were committed so that the juries will be dispassionate. Not only will they not have heard about it, read about it, and so on and so forth, but they will not have known the victim, the victim's family, anything else. And they won't have a dog in the race or a horse in the race. They won't be moved. It will be impersonal, removed from their reality, and they will not be zealous for those destroyers to be punished in any way, shape, or form, much less executed. So wise, so wonderful. But anyway, with regard to Molly, Cecilia Tibbetts, 20-year-old, 
student of the University of Iowa, and I have referred to the dear old University of Iowa in a couple previous programs. (laughs) They're in the heartland of America. This leftist state university. But her body was found right up to the end. Her parents, her boyfriend, they were all optimistic that she would be found alive. Well, they were dreaming. They should have been praying, yes, but to be optimistic in this circumstance, foolish, to put it gently. So the discovery of her body, or as they like to say, remains, brought to an end what is referred to as an intensive search that lasted more than a month, yes, but that did not include the FBI hitting the ground running the day following her disappearance. No, we don't believe in bringing in the FBI for cases like this. Now, mind you, if this was a case of a parental dispute and breakup and divorce and a child being taken by the mother because some judges in their wisdom gave custody to the father and she flees with the child or children whom she has conceived and born and raised, then, and of course, across state lines or imagined that it's across state lines, boy, FBI's on that, <laughs> you know, like a fly on honey. It's, they're right in there, rootin' tootin'. But of course, interestingly enough, in the overwhelming, overwhelming, overwhelming majority of such cases, those children are nowhere near as gravely endangered as in cases like this. Stranger kidnap. And I beat this drum, and I'm sure many people are appalled if they listen, about the crime of choice in this nation being kidnap, rape, murder. Kidnap, rape, sex enslavement. Kidnap, rape, trafficking. Kidnap, rape, prostitution. It is the crime of choice. And the girls and the young women and the young mothers that are not kept as perpetual sex slaves, prostituted, trafficked, sold into slavery, those that are not are invariably murdered very quickly thereafter. Invariably. Disposed of like used condoms, because we have such a high value on life in this nation. No, we don't. Only on the lives of the destroyers, the lives of the vicious, ruthless, sadistic predators. Their lives we value greatly, as is seen by the money that is spent on these dear souls. And by all means, they must not suffer anything if they are executed. If there is any faintest degree of suffering, 
They must not be executed. We must abolish execution. What about the dear little children who are treated for cancer at St. Jude's in Memphis, Tennessee? What about the dear little children and youngsters that are treated at Shriners hospitals typically for terrible, terrible burns as well as birth defects and other such conditions. Those children suffer. They suffer. If you imagine they don't suffer from those treatments, you are mistaken. The suffering isn't just from the diseases or the burns or the birth defects. The suffering is from the treatments themselves. That's perfectly okay. But some monstrous destroyer who has sadistically, torturously destroyed some dear child or young person, young woman, young mother, for the thrill of doing so, they must not suffer. That just would be inhuman and wrong here in this great nation. Before I go further, let me just say I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and good and true and accurate about this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus. Whatever is wrong, lacking, erring is due to me. I do not say what is offensive. Because Jesus offended greatly. And various servants of God, such as Martin Luther, otherwise known as Luther, and John Baptist and multitudinous others, offended greatly. So no, I'm not apologizing for offending, but... Somali Tibbets... kidnapped, raped, murdered. Was it avoidable? Was it preventable? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. She was almost assuredly kidnapped while she was out jogging. If not, she was followed back to the house after jogging, but seemingly not. Seemingly while she was jogging. And Christian Rivera, has been arrested for this crime. And even though he's undocumented worker, he's made out not to be by his lawyer, his attorney. But the majority of these terrible, vicious, ruthless crimes are committed by people that are not undocumented. But Christian Bahena Rivera, who was working under an assumed ID, and interestingly enough, where he was working, the farm that he was working at, the owner of it, 
is a man who's heavily involved in politics and also the universities in the state and what have you. But we could have a nation, a nation devoid of undocumented workers, right? We could. I mean, there are a number of ways to do that. (laughs) One is just to document them all, right? Then there are no undocumented. As soon as they come in, we provide documents to them. (laughs) Problem solved. No undocumented workers. But even if this nation were limited to the likes of the Ted Bundys and Gary Gilmore's and all of these other monsters, the Drew Petersons and so forth, the girls and the young women and the young mothers would go on being preyed upon. And these destroyers know that they can get away with their monstrous, sadistic murders indefinitely. If they are ever caught, they probably will not be prosecuted. If they are prosecuted, it probably will not be successful. If it is successful, it will probably be to much lesser charges. If they are convicted of capital offense in a state that still practices execution, it will take forever and a day for them to be executed, and their execution will be painless. And they get perks that the Founding Fathers never envisioned. They can have conjugal visits, not from their wife, but from their groupies. The Night Stalker, so-called, I believe his name is Richard Ramirez, He had groupies. This unspeakably evil destroyer had groupies who sought him out while he was in prison. And whom he enjoyed conjugal visits with. Charles Manson, while in his 80s, received conjugal visits from groupies. And had a marriage service, I believe, a wedding service conducted. Outstanding. Here in the United States of America, we have got things so right, don't we? I mean, aren't we a beacon of light to the world? (laughs) Well, I'm sure you have seen and heard many accounts of this monstrous, horrendous murder in Colorado, committed by the daddy, the father, murdered his beautiful pregnant wife and darling little girls. And, of course, the media desperately seeking for a motive. What is the motive, which I've spoken of previously? What is the motive? Oh, financial problems. Okay, now we understand. Of course this man would viciously murder 
his beautiful young pregnant wife and his little girls who were three years old and four years old. Of course he would do that because of financial stress. So Shannon Watts, 34, and her little girls, Bella, 4, and Celeste, 3, were murdered by Chris Watts, 33. And he's been charged with five counts of murder and I'm not sure how many counts, three counts of tampering with a human body. Their bodies were discovered at a site of a petroleum and natural gas company that he worked for. The little girls were found in an oil well where their dear daddy put them. Well, the mother had just returned from a business trip about 2 a.m. Monday, and that's the last time she was seen. She did not return calls the following day, did not make a medical appointment, which she was supposed to be able to get to hear her unborn child's heartbeat. No. So she was found at Anadarko Petroleum property, and again, her little girl's bodies in an oil well filled with crude oil. Great. Nice. Chris Watts was fired by that company on the day on which he was taken into custody. Great guy. Wonderful. So what is it with this guy? Why would he slaughter his wife and children? Oh, there has to be a motive. It can't be that he's a destroyer. No, it has to be something that is comforting to us. It has to be something that makes us feel less threatened. So again, he's charged with five counts of murder. The reason for this curiosity, no, he was not charged with the murder of the preborn baby. We don't do that here in the U.S. of A. because after all, preborn babies, they don't have any human rights. They don't. Otherwise, there would be no right to choose, no unassailable, precious right to slaughter preborn babies. So no, not for the murder of the baby, but the two little girls, because they were younger than 12 years of age, there was an additional murder charge for each one of them. In addition to first-degree murder, there was also a charge for the death of a child who had not yet attained 12 years of age and the defendant was in a position of trust. With all due respect, that's bizarre. But you see, when we have all the plea bargaining going on and when we don't have death penalties and so forth, then you need to do this sort of thing in order to try to keep somebody behind bars for a little bit, you know? 
he was charged with one count of unlawful termination of a pregnancy. Isn't that great? Too bad he wasn't an abortionist, and he could claim that, well, this is what his wife wanted. But the kicker is this. Dear, dear Christopher Watts, he has now claimed that his beautiful pregnant wife murdered her daughters. And when he saw that, he went into a fit of rage and killed her. Fascinating. And that's why he stuffed his little girl's bodies into an oil well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dumped them in the oil well because, because his wife murdered them. You're right. Very creative, very clever, no doubt. Perhaps you saw the matter concerning this very young, undocumented, illegal immigrant who, along with nine other MS-13 gang members, murdered, executed, Four young men in 2017, I believe. Yes, April 11th, 2017. Four young Latino men were slaughtered by this gang of 10 of MS-13. This fellow, his grandmother sent him illegally to enter the United States of America to be with his mother on Long Island to avoid the gang that was terrorizing El Salvador. And he joined up. He joined up. And this is just like what I've said with regard to this school outside of the Beltway in Maryland that is a junior high school and is beset with recruitment by MS-13 and other vicious Central American gangs. But I saw a story about a woman committing murder at a Texas food distribution plant, and I was struck by the wording. Let's see what you think about it. It said that she shot and killed a colleague there. And then... The woman either killed herself or was fatally wounded in a shootout with an officer. But this is what got me. She was referred to as a gunman repeatedly. They said that several employees talked with the gunman before the shooting broke out. The gunman apparently posted items on a social media account. The gunman? This is a woman, right? The gunman. Oh, we live in such crazy times. Well, let me just reference a resource for you. Moneyversed.com, and that is spelled M-O-N-E-Y-V-E-R-S-E-D. And the reason I'm referencing that is a story there about the supposedly incredibly simple way to escape from a zip tie 
that everyone should know. These zip ties, which are available at places, all these home improvement stores and hardware stores that kidnapper, rapist, murderer, destroyers use to bind people. That and duct tape. But here, a supposedly incredibly simple way. It's actually not incredibly simple. It's not even simple. But still, recommend check that for the story and review it and try to learn how to do that. It might come in handy someday. Our nation is awash with blood. Courtesy of destroyers who every day in this nation prey upon the good, the innocent, the sweet, the darling, the kind, the gentle, the trusting, and the more lovely and adorable and feminine and desirable the girls and young women are, the more jeopardy they're at, contrary to what the media tells us. And all of this courtesy of the accessories in the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.